Hi, and welcome to the Reiki from the Farm podcast brought to you by me, Pam Allen LeBlanc from Hiddenbrook Farm. I am a scientist, a businesswoman, and a licensed Reiki master teacher with the International Center for Reiki Training. Each week in this podcast, you'll be entertained as you learn about a wide variety of relevant Reiki topics, helping you become a more knowledgeable and effective Reiki practitioner. We caution you, though, this podcast may also dramatically improve your life, and we are so happy that you're here. On this week's podcast, I am talking with licensed Reiki master teacher, Cami Cote, and we're actually talking about chapter two of the Reiki business book. Chapter two is all about creating an identity for your business. And even if you're not at the point of being ready to start your own business right now, I think you'll find uh, some of what we cover in this chapter to be of interest and some of Cami's wonderful stories and experiences. So I'm really glad that you're here. Thank you. (laughs) And uh, before we begin, I'd just like to let you know that what we have coming up in the March time zone, uh, in the March time zone, in March, we I have some Reiki level one and two and master and animal Reiki level one and two and master classes in an Australian friendly time zone, which means that it is evenings in North America and early mornings in Australia. And it often seems to work for people in Asia and other spots as well. So go ahead and check those out. And in May, for those of you who've wanted to study here at the farm, I'm going to be offering my first ever hybrid classes, which means that I'll have a combination of online and in person. So if you want to come here and join us, please check out those classes. I've got Animal Reiki, uh, Level 1 and 2 in Master, Level 1 and 2 in Master, Yusui Reiki, And I think they're followed by a Karuna Reiki class and animal communication. They'll be in the Atlantic time zone and they will also be, in addition to being in person, they'll be available for people online who can't make it here. So hopefully you'll join us if those speak to you. Cami, what have you got coming up in the next little bit? Let's see. So I am actually teaching animal Reiki next weekend here in uh, Montana. Actually, it will be an online class, but I live in the mountain time zone. So mountain time zone, uh, animal Reiki one and two. And then in March, I'm teaching all levels. I'm teaching a Karuna class and that one is online. And then I'm teaching a Reiki master course that's in person. So I'm still teaching in person uh, here in Montana where our numbers are quite low, all things considered. And then I have an in-person Reiki 1 and 2 class as well. Yeah, busy month in, 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 in March. It's always a good time to teach. <laughs> it is, for sure. Yeah. Cami, I want to learn a bit about your journey, but before we do, I'm going to just invite everybody to bring their hands together in Gasho, activate their Reiki energy, and invite any symbols to join them. Bring them in. 
today we're just defining the way that we are stepping forward in the world with Reiki, whatever that looks like to you. And so just be open to the guidance of Reiki. Let your Reiki energy guide you as you move forward, just finding and defining your own path and way to share this wonderful heart-based modality with the world. And just feel the energy surrounding you, leading you forward. Understanding that it's okay to approach this with baby steps. And just opening yourself to listen and listening with every part of yourself, listening to the guidance of Reiki. As we walk you through this and you begin to learn to step forward and explain Reiki to others and share your gifts with the world. I want to thank you for the bright light that you are, for being the bright light that you are on the planet. You're an anchor for love in the world. And thank you for saying yes to Reiki and for being willing to share this beautiful gift with others. Whether you have a business idea or whether that's still a ways away. Thank you for being open and thank you for listening. And considering what we have to say today. We are blessed to be of a lineage of light bringers who are creating wellness on the earth today. And that begins with you creating wellness within you. Homotok Reoasan. Namaste and Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Cami, well, I think you had a chance to look at this chapter. Mm. What did you think about it? And were there any was there anything that stood out to you? Yeah. I, I did look through the chapter and so many wonderful things, of course, stood out to me. Um, just looking here again to remind myself, basically, a lot of what came forward when I was looking at this was the information about creating a business identity and your helpful hints and meditation and exercise around that, and then helping to identify your clients. That's actually a really important thing and something that I uh, talk with my students quite a bit about as well because some students want to have a broad, uh, a broad range of uh, clientele and then some really want to ideally focus in on maybe the uh, the maternity type of client like someone that's going to be working pre and postnatal that type of thing so i think it's really important to get clear on if you want to specialize or if you're going to be more of a, a broad spectrum type of practitioner and then oh i love the name because i as we probably will talk about a little bit more creating your business name is so important I I went through a business name change in my uh time here and that was a, a really interesting thing and having to shift from uh, a different website to a new website and change over my contacts and business 
name with the state and with, oh my gosh, there were so many changes. It was uh, something that I had put off for a long time because I knew what uh, a major thing that was going to end up being. But I finally did it and it's been a good thing to, to be done and, and through that. Um, and then one of the other things I really loved reading about was creating uh, your elevator speech. And in my own terminology, I, I call it creating your script. And just like how it is that you're going to talk to people when they ask you about Reiki, because oftentimes as a, a newer practitioner, especially, that can be really challenging to get your words together and to be able to speak as eloquently as we want to and oftentimes feel like that little deer in the headlights like oh i don't know some i forget and i can even say as a master now and having practiced for some years sometimes i even still get the deer in the headlights uh scenario because like you might maybe just aren't ready for that question and so it's great to have a little script and things that you can tell someone uh, that is interested. Yeah. I, think yeah. We'll, I think we'll spend a little bit of time today just helping our listeners think about that and think about maybe what they want to use as their script. And I've stumbled around about when people ask me what's Reiki. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, I would go over here and over there. And how do you describe what Reiki is in words, they seem almost too inadequate. But yeah. at the same point, so at one point, and I was a lot more than a few years, I was quite a ways into it with going. And what I used to say is, turn around and I'll just, and, and I put my hands on their shoulders and would you like to try it? And so eventually, when it came time to talk about Reiki, I have a number of ways that I describe what it is now. A lot of times I use a definition from our pamphlet about Reiki, from the ICRT pamphlet, which says Reiki is a Japanese form of stress reduction that often promotes healing. And, yes. but, and I'll use a more basic description like that. And then I'll wait for wait. And if somebody's really tell me more, then maybe I'll tell them a little bit about my story and how I get into it and what I've noticed it's done. But if they say, uh-huh, and then move on, I know that's really all they needed to know. Okay. <laughs> if they really um, have questions and really seem interested, I'll usually turn the conversation to, would you like to see what it feels like? Mm -hmm. And I will have them turn around. This is usually talking with friends or such and just place my hands on their shoulders and usually once people get a feel for Reiki then they want more <laughs> yeah so I think that that uh, has been fascinating but thank you for coming on to talk about this chapter which is about defining your Reiki business because one of the things when I was guided um, when I was in England and just saw the chaos and and realized how much Reiki was helping me and realized that the world really needs Reiki at times like this. And this was, I was just in Heathrow Airport as the borders were closing and flights were being canceled and uh, airports were being shut down. And I realized Colleen Benelli had said that, that every family needs a Reiki practitioner. And I got a very strong nudge from Reiki to teach the teachers. 
And so that started the Reiki mentoring class and led to this book. But one of the things that came in right away in the first two chapters of the book are around the fact that a Reiki business does not have to look like what we all think of when we think of a Reiki business. People think of people like me and like you who offer sessions and classes, but it might be very different for you. And the energy was very clear right away that everyone needs to work with Reiki in the way that works for them. And so maybe if you've been a Reiki practitioner for a while and haven't and would like to share it with the world, but haven't, maybe that's because you need to define the way that you do that a little bit differently. Maybe it can be done within your current career or within, um, within your hobbies, within your daily life, the way you raise your family, the, the way you just talk to people. There are so many ways that we can share Reiki. And in this book, even though it is the Reiki business book, and it will also teach you how to teach classes and, and do sessions and so on, and the ins and outs about a business, really the first part of the book is just about getting clear about how it works for you because the way that it works for you might be completely different from the way that it works for me or the way that it works for Cami. Um, and it's, and that's okay. There are people that weave this into their medical practice, their artwork, so many things. And Cami, you're, you do a lot of things and you weave Reiki into a lot of things. So I thought you were an excellent person to talk about this chapter can you tell me a little bit about how you got started and then about the modalities that you work with? Yeah, my step into Reiki uh, was actually through yoga. So I was a yoga practitioner and eventually became a yoga teacher and was a loved and, and still love to teach uh, yoga. And it was actually through uh, a student, a yoga student of mine that had continued to tell me, oh, I took a Reiki class a few weeks ago. I think you would really love it. Why don't you consider taking a class? And her mentioning it multiple times and then uh, a few other people mentioning it, you know, how that always happens like that time leading up to you finally making a decision to do something everybody was suddenly talking about reiki <laughs> and then i guess the final little pu push for me to do it was having an astrology birth chart reading done and that was my astrologer saying you're a healer and a teacher what are you doing about that wow. and that was uh a, a final push because I said, well, I'm a yoga teacher and I, I worked in the medical field at that time. And um, that was what I thought was the, the mission in life. And really there was just so much more to it. So that got me going uh, towards Reiki. I took Reiki one and two in 2012 and then took master training in 2014. And I was still quite very happy being a yoga teacher and all of these different things. But in 2015, I had a pretty life-changing injury for me. I had my Achilles tendon detached from my heel. And it was a long journey of healing and getting back to walking, let alone practicing yoga again or even teaching. And it, during that time, my my energy and my 
focus really shifted to Reiki first, first and foremost, even I had a, a challenging time with coming to terms with the changes happening in my life. And I went through a bit of a depression and had you know my what I call my coming to Jesus moment where I was like what do you want me to do out of frustration because I was just in a state and the answer was Reiki and it wasn't anything specific about practice Reiki teach Reiki whatever it was just Reiki and I was like, okay, interesting, because I had been doing a lot of self healing through that process I'd been receiving from others, thankfully, and all of that. And that's where I really started having the calling to teach. Other friends of mine were asking me to teach. And though I tried to pass them off to other teachers, finally, I had one particular student take me by the shoulders or one friend that became a student take me by the shoulders and say, Cammie, I just want to take Reiki from you. And that was that final recognition of, okay, we got to make this happen. Wow. So, I'm so glad you did that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Teacher. Yeah. And you know what? Those students that want to learn from us don't want to learn from somebody else. Just who are listening the people if somebody's asked you I always tell my uh, students if somebody asks you to do a session for them you're ready to do it and they don't want a session from me or from anybody else they want it from you you're the right person for them and if somebody asks you to teach them you're ready to teach and they don't want to learn from me or anyone else they want to learn from you so please listen to the universe giving you that yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you listen well and when you when you did start teaching, that's not, you didn't quit everything else. Like you, you really, you work with a lot of different modalities. How do you define your Reiki business and how do the modalities all work together? Yeah, that actually interestingly shifted. As I mentioned, my, I had a business name change and really a big business wow. shift in general. So my original business name had been River City Yoga. And uh, when I started getting more into the healing arts, I started, I changed the name to River City Yoga and Healing Arts. But then when I entered into the ICRT licensed teacher training program or was actually preparing to do that, I had a conversation with uh, Colleen, who is our mentor, uh, Pam's and my mentor. And she had said, I'm, I'm a curious about your business name. And I'm wondering if maybe a, a, a different name wouldn't serve you. And we talked a bit about that. And I said, my name, I've been considering switching to my name. And though as for me, my name seems so simple. It's four, literally four letters um, on both Cami, C-A-M-I, and then Cote, C-O-T-E. Yet, naturally, that's not necessarily the easiest name to to spell or pronounce for people hearing it. And so she had actually really cautioned me not to go with my name and to come up with a different name. So I was actually in Portland taking Karuna Reiki from Colleen and that whole class, I think I was driving the other students crazy, Colleen as well, because every time we'd go into a meditation, a name would come up and I would be like, oh, what do we think about this? 
And then I would like look, <laughs> I would look online and the name had already been taken. Literally, if you go through a Karuna Reiki training, you go through, I think it's like six or seven different meditations. So every time I would be like, oh, what do you think about this? <laughs> In the very final ignition, the name Heart Rhythm Reiki came through. And I... I thought, oh, surely that's taken. And I didn't say a word like I had done in all of the other because you come out of the meditation and you share. So I didn't say a word and I was over there checking on it. And my heart just kept getting fuller and fuller with this name. And finally, as we were like all gathered, getting ready to say goodbye, I said, okay, I just have to share this name. <laughs> and I said, heart rhythm Reiki. And everybody took a big so exhale. Yeah. And I was like, this is it. And everyone, and Colleen was like, yeah, that is it. And everyone was like, yes, that's, this is it. So it was really a divine shift and very guided by Reiki. That name came through, but it wasn't necessarily an easy process. <laughs> uh, yeah, Cami, I have a name story too, and, and um, it's not so, it's not completely different from yours, but I'm also in the process, and we'll talk about that process of shifting yeah. the name and such, because some of the people listening might be, but actually Reiki worked into my business, that, which was most, my primary business was the horses and the farm and Hiddenbrook Farm. And I created a Hiddenbrook Farm line of essential oils and people would come to Hiddenbrook Farm to study Reiki. That was, or to do Reiki sessions. Those were the three businesses. And, um, and then it was this podcast. I was trying to find a name for this podcast. And I actually had a couple, I had, I think two other names that I was really considering. And one of the things that I read about was send this out to your your people and see what they say so i have a private facebook group for everybody who's ever studied with me and we stay in touch pretty regularly and so i, I thought oh i'll do a facebook poll so I, I just learning about facebook polls i did a poll with the two names and i thought well, i'm only giving them two names to think about i should throw in a third name and I just looked around and went Reiki from the farm and I didn't like it or anything. It was Reiki from the farm and put it in. And it was hands down, like almost unanimous. Everybody liked Reiki from, I still didn't like it. <laughs> I, I liked these other names. And I, I too, I talked to Colleen and she goes, that's who you are. Like you're literally doing Reiki with the farm all around you. Just like I can see a heart that that is who you are that name that's just exactly and so I just let it settle in and it's true oftentimes I'm this is my Reiki room the horses come up and surround me and sometimes on my break I have to run out and get them some hay or check their water or whatever like it is Reiki from the farm and uh, so I'm actually in the midst of changing my website mm -hmm. uh, because it became the podcast, but then I realized it was the whole thing and, yeah. this, and it began to define what we were doing, that what I'm doing with Reiki had outgrown the Hiddenbrook farm and Hiddenbrook farm is still here and there's still, and the horses are here and the riding lessons, but 
really Reiki from the farm became the thing. So I'm in the midst of the website change right now. Yeah, yeah. tell us a little bit about that, like the big yeah. change and, and what that was like. Yeah, it wasn't it, just an easy shift to go from River City Yoga to Heart Rhythm Reiki. So I had to com completely create a new Facebook page, for example because it wasn't a close enough name that I could shift it, like Facebook's parameters wouldn't allow me to do that. So like I was letting go of a page that had a reasonably big following. I, it, In fact, for a minute, I'll just mention, I didn't let go of River City Yoga for a while, actually. I was maintaining two pages for a long time. I had my River City Yoga website. I had my Heart Rhythm Reiki website. I was taking care of both of those i do all of that my own self so like updating on two websites <laughs> posting and updating on two facebook pages all of these different things and finally it came down to a realization that was like i have too much energy scattered here i've got energy leaks going out and i really and we can talk more about when you'd said how I incorporate other modalities into Reiki, what I really began to realize was that heart rhythm Reiki was like my umbrella. Yeah. And then all of these other offerings that I bring in come in under my umbrella, my, my heart rhythm Reiki. It was at that point, I officially decided to close my River City Yoga website and I decided to uh, close my Facebook page and I officially decided to close my River City Yoga bank account and go into a Heart Rhythm Reiki bank account, which all of that then meant that I had to migrate contacts and all of these different business change names with all of the different companies that I'd worked with and all of that. So it was a process without a doubt to change a business name <laughs> completely yeah yeah was it has it been worth it what have you it's, yeah it's definitely been worth it I think it's now been fully two and a half years since I really just made the tr transition and let River City Yoga go and it's been great to not have to maintain all of that different uh, electronic information and all of that yeah definitely yeah I yeah and I I know I talked to Jill Teal and she said that she also found she needed to do rebranding and really mm -hmm. get serious around Reiki and that, that actually had a big impact on her on her business like yeah. it, it began it allowed her to be more focused and I think like you said we can be scattered and mm -hmm. so but like you said, I know the Hiddenbrook Farm is, is still there, but it's, it's falling under the Reiki from the farm umbrella now. And that feels really right. Get that website updated very soon. Yeah, very good. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as this Reiki business book is, uh, <laughs> is wrapped up. Tell me a little bit about the modalities that you yeah. incorporate and how that works for you. Yeah. You know, from the beginning, of course, I realized that Reiki is an extremely powerful technique all on its own. However, 
part of what I was initially doing was I was teaching yoga classes and bringing Reiki into my yoga classes. So Reiki has often always been a very tandem type of energy for me. It was, it pairs very well, is complementary. So with yoga, for example, I would give Reiki to the students hands-on while they were in Shavasana, for example. Shavasana is the final pose where people lay down if you're not familiar with yoga. And the students really love that. And what that may be equated to was a minute of Reiki per student because I would often have classes of 16 or so yoga students. And so I would have to move around the room fairly quickly in order to get to everyone and the feedback that i got from the students was like wow that one minute of reiki really shifted things for me and so i kept doing this and hearing this and that was wonderful and then i started intentionally actually incorporating more reiki into my yoga classes i am known for a specific type of yoga class called the restorative yoga class and i technically people have told me i should call it a luxury yoga class it's a two-hour class and the decadent <laughs> and they are very decadent yes very dessert and you spend uh, two, you spend 20 some odd minutes in a pose and you're all supported on blankets and, you know, bolsters and all of these things. And it's very queenly or kingly, depending if the men come to class. And it's a lot of work on my end. I, I really take care of people in those classes. And so naturally in there, I started learning about how I could do specific hand positions. For example, if someone was in a pose called child's pose, I could come in and do Reiki on the back of their heart. Or if they were in a pose where I could easily get to their head, I would give Reiki to their head. Same with the feet. So even with that, I was maybe giving someone three, four, five minutes of Reiki maximum within a class, and yet I was still hearing all of this amazing feedback. And so that was the, the start for me. And then I, one quick little funny story I'll mention. When I went to first take Reiki 1 and 2, I didn't really know anything about Reiki. I'd actually never received a session. <laughs> and <laughs> this happens like some people I know. I yeah know. I you are not the first person I've talked to who said that <laughs> I, I have students that tell me this regularly and um so I had done a tiny bit of online research and I had seen somewhere that this Reiki practitioner used tuning forks and for some reason I got it in my mind that certainly everyone must use tuning forks in their Reiki practice I've always been really interested in sound. I sing and I lead a type of music called kirtan, which is a yogic kind of music. And so I was like, ooh, this is exciting. I can incorporate sound into my Reiki sessions. So I bought a set of tuning forks and I go down to the Reiki class and I pull out my Reiki, my tuning forks. And I was like, I've got my tuning forks. And my, <laughs> and my teacher is like, yeah, I don't use those. <laughs> so then I'm like tucking them down beside me. Like, oh, goodness, I didn't really know. <laughs> so anyway, that was that. And then during a similar time, I was actually doing shamanic studies as well. I, I really tend to be one of these people that like to really immerse myself into many things at one time. And 
I was drumming with the shamanic study stuff. And it was after reading Michael Michael's article about Reiki drumming yeah. that I was like, oh, this was a great article. Like, I can do that. And so I started doing Reiki drumming. And all of a sudden, the clients were like, oh, my goodness, that was amazing. They just felt all of this energy shift with the addition of sound. And then that just, again, the rabbit hole started. And I got deeper into sound. I ended up signing up for a sound therapy program, and that was a year and a half long. And during that time, I was learning about multiple instruments, so singing bowls, tuning forks, gongs, drums, and the voice. All of these things really up my alley as a musician. And um, during that ex exploration, I found myself the most drawn to the singing bowls and to the gongs. And so that's where I've, though I still do drum and I, I do sing and all of these things, and I still have my tuning forks and use them, my, my energy has moved more towards the bowls and the gongs. And, and so I do oftentimes incorporate the music or the sound therapy in with the Reiki sessions. So that works really well. And again, I can say as easily, I love to just uh, do regular Reiki sessions. And I love to just also do regular sound sessions. There's um, benefit in doing them separately, and there's also benefit in doing them together. Yeah. It's pretty seamless. It sounds yeah. like it just really came in organically and then also blended very yeah. organically. And I think you still offer all of these modalities. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not currently teaching many public uh, yoga classes. I do still do some private yoga work. My Reiki teaching schedule developed and got quite busy, and it became a challenge to to hold space for a weekly class or right. that sort of thing. And I let my my public classes go because I just was feeling bad. People do sign up because I was the teacher and they, they liked me and I was having to sub out so many classes that I just felt bad about it personally. And I, I stopped teaching the yoga classes in order for the Reiki practice to grow more. I had to do the same and step back from teaching the writing lessons, but fortunately my apprentice was there and she does a fantastic job yeah. with them, but I, I just couldn't fit it all in. It was when, as the Reiki practice expanded, it, it got really busy. They worked, they worked for a lot of years yeah, um, side by side without too much difficulty. And one of the things I loved about, because I incorporate a lot of Reiki into my horse business, into the oils and into the, the Reiki, of course. But one of the things I loved about it was that I was doing three part-time jobs. And so I never ever felt too much pressure to make money in any of the areas. And if so it seemed like if I wasn't getting a lot of Reiki students or clients, I was getting a lot of horse clients. And if, if either one of those were a little low, I, I got a lot of essential oil sales. So it really helped balance things and it didn't put pressure on me to make money from Reiki which I appreciated because then it could just grow organically and 
that's one of the things I encourage people. Some people think, you know, I have to quit my job and do Reiki. And I always encourage them, see if you can keep your job mm-hmm. and start doing Reiki and start your Reiki practice. And then at some point, your Reiki practice will build up enough that you may want to see if you can go part-time with your job. But it's always nice to have that to fall back on so that you don't have the pressure to with something that you love. I think sometimes the pressure to make money with something that you love can erode a little bit of that love from it. Yeah, that's actually a very similar advice I give to my students as well. It's just, it's a lot of pressure to take a a weekend class and suddenly think, okay, this is going to be my life and this is going to be my business and this is how I'm going to support myself. And there's a big letdown when people realize that it takes a lot more work than they think it does to build a business and to build a clientele. And there's actually this, I don't know the source of the quote, I saw this on Facebook, that said that it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. I hear that all the time. (laughs) I always keep that in my mind. (laughs) Tracy with Hay House says that all the time. Yeah, they became an overnight success and it only took 10 years. And and I've been teaching Reiki. This is June 21st will be my 12 year anniversary of my first Reiki class. Yeah. Yeah, I started in 2015, technically teaching few more years till I get to my 10 years. (laughs) It does does take a lot of work. And if you can do that without putting the pressure on yourself of having quit everything and whatever. So I think that when I say define your practice that works for you, it doesn't mean that you have to give up everything and quit everything and start. In fact, it usually works better if you incorporate Reiki into what you're already doing and then maybe reach out and start something on the side and let it grow. And uh, do you have any other examples, Cami, of some people that work within other modalities as that have defined their practices differently? Yeah. One of the things that I always say in my classes is it really gets me excited to see how people incorporate Reiki into their daily life. And that doesn't necessarily mean to hang a shingle and become a practitioner and to become a teacher. How are we going to incorporate this? How are we going to live our Reiki essentially? And so I have some students and I think we all probably have stories about our students. I have a couple of students that are actually physicians, MDs, that are working in child psychology. And so they're not intending to do Reiki practice, yet, of course, they use it for themselves. They use it in their spaces for clearing their space. And the one physician in particular that I talk to and see the most has said that it has created just a huge shift in her work environment to have Reiki and that kind of thing. And she deals with really challenging situations in the child psychology area. So that's really been helpful for her. Interestingly, I also have at least three different lawyers that have taken my Reiki trainings. And that was seemingly interesting combination but the more I think about it and the more they talk about their experiences it's really a 
very cool thing. One in particular uh, practitioner is a mediator. So she's like mediating divorces, sadly, and various things like that. But these are very real world things that we deal with. And so she's able to bring Reiki into these situations and help people with these big, massive decisions that are happening in their lives. And then in turn also helps her at the end of the day to okay, I'm going to do my Ken Yoko after this day and give myself some Reiki to get back to her own life and not be up in that. A couple other students, one of my very best friend, actually, Alicia, she creates these wonderful potions that are like sprays and you know, the essential oil type of thing. And so, yes, with Reiki, she has built this incredible business now, all of her oils are infused and in fact we have come together and created two oils that are like my oils we have one called reiki cherry blossom which is a roller that you put on and it's just so beautiful and it really just helps people get into the reiki space and then i told her we needed to create a spray for karuna so we created a spray called kuan yin and uh, kuan yin is one of my my guides and for guiding forces and so it definitely just brings in the energy of karuna and kuan yin with this particular oil yeah alicia is my friend and also student so that works out nicely and another one that started creating reiki dolls and she actually sells reiki dolls Again, I always like to just say to the students, like, the sky is the limit as far as what do you do in your daily life? Do you cook? Do you sew? Do you make concoctions? Like, you can bring Reiki to every facet of your life. And that's really amazing. I love that. And yeah, I love it. And I have similar stories with lawyers yeah. and with one nurse manager of a medical clinic said when they started using Reiki in the clinic just and that's where every and a few of her a few people that worked in the clinic actually came and studied with me the just not only did the atmosphere feel better but they but everything was smoother like with the personnel and the people weren't out sick as much and just she just said everything the drama dropped and yeah. the huge impact that can make in in all of these areas and it seems to me cami i thought of a few more areas oh teachers i love yeah. Oh, yes yeah teachers like that teach in schools and yeah. as you as they bring reiki into their classroom the students really notice, and I have one teacher in particular who noticed, especially her children on the autism spectrum, mm -hmm. as the stress dropped and they became more comfortable and their parents noticed. And one of the parents said to her, do you do Reiki or something by any chance? And she said, yes, I do. And she said, my daughter is really responding very well to it. So thank you. <laughs> so I just love that you can be a mountain climber and incorporate Reiki into what you do. And how do you, how did you overcome any of the obstacles as you were defining your practice and bringing Reiki into everything? What did you do there? 
Yeah. The interesting thing that happened in, in my story is after in 2015, I got laid off from my job that I had for 15 years. I had this, I got to make this business happen or go back to work. <laughs> and I had this moment of thinking like, gosh, I've spent really the last 10 years because if you like at that 2015 timeline, I had been practicing yoga and all of these things had been put into place at that point. I'd spent the last 10 years trying to create a life outside of actually working in the medical field. And so it felt like this, um, this uh, divine timing situation that came up that was like, okay, now you don't have a job anymore. So what are you going to do about that? <laughs> now, I don't necessarily recommend this. This is just what happened in my life. But you know, that is what prompted me to really get more even more serious about my Reiki business. And at that point, I started actually scheduling classes, I started getting more uh, on it with my, my promotion. And I've always been the person and I know that in some cases, people will maybe look down their nose about this. But something that really worked for me in those days was doing specials. And as I was building a practice, I would oftentimes say, especially after I learned Karuna for the first time, I really wanted to be practicing Karuna. And my clientele wasn't quite built to that point yet. So I said, I'm going to do 10 Karuna sessions for $25. And I actually ended up having 15 people sign up. And I just went ahead and kept signing people up. <laughs> because I wanted to practice more than anything. And so even still, I only made $15 working at the hospital, $15 an hour working at the hospital. So I figured if I'm doing 60 minute session for $25, I'm doing better than I did at the hospital by, by quite some amount here. And um, it that's really how it, it worked for me. And, and now I don't run as many specials. I have my price up there. I've built the clientele. But honestly, the specials worked for me. And I do now also where I'll, I'll say, I'll incorporate a little extra time, for example, I'll say, oh, an hour long session is 75. But then I'll do a little reflexology for 30 minutes for free, that type of thing that'll come in every once in a while. Um, and it just it, it helps attract uh, clients. So if ever I'm feeling a little bit low and need to bolster up my business a bit, then that's been a, a useful thing for me. That's really great to know. And I've always looked yeah. at specials. William mentioned that when you're just getting started, you might like to do specials. Yeah. I've always looked at them as a way to take the pressure off of yourself Yeah. when you're getting started. But I really like that idea of just bringing in new people and mm -hmm. people a chance to... And I didn't know you incorporated reflexology as well. That's fantastic. Yeah, yes, I took reflexology training too. There was this timeline where I was just, I, and I love to be a student even still. I, I just love to learn. And so I had taken the Reiki training. I was doing the shamanic studies. I was, I learned reflexology. I was, and, and then started getting deeper and deeper into the sound therapy. And 
Reflexology, it's a it's an amazing practice. I really love it. It's not my biggest calling. Like I, I, I will often tell people, I said, you will you'll be uh, I, I tell them uh I'm not the greatest reflexologist in the world. I'll just say, I'll just say that right now. Yet people love to have their feet rubbed and all of the things. And so it's like they, so it's, it's a great little offering. <laughs> it's a fantastic offering. Well, Tammy, we're going to talk about um, how to talk about Reiki and, and how to create your own elevator pitch. That's what we're going to do with our our guests today, our listeners. Before we do, is there anything, and, and I know you've got a neat story there that I want you to tell, but is there any other suggestions that you have for people as they are working to define what the business should look like for them? And what are some of the things you would suggest? Yeah, the number one thing I always think about is just to really not work so hard. And that's, maybe an interesting thing to say because we do work hard in our lives but sometimes we work so hard to make things happen and in many cases we need to allow things to come to us um and so yes there there is an equal part of working hard and then there is an equal part of knowing that what is meant to be is going to be and allowing the universe to support you in that and so that would be i guess my main thing just relax don't work so hard <laughs> wonderful advice take the pressure off of yourself and allow yeah. things to happen in divine timing because mm -hmm. they will even I've put pressure on myself to finish the book and finish my website in certain timelines. And I've blown through a few of the timelines that I originally set for myself and, and had to realize that, look, this just, this needs to have its own timeline. I need to allow it. Yeah. I think one of the best realizations with that has been, for example, when animal Reiki was coming forward. And I first heard about animal Reiki when I took training with Colleen in 2016. And I was like, oh, yes, I'm ready to take that class. And then it was not until what 2020 that it actually came truly came forward and was ready to be shared. And so it is a process to to allow these energies to make its way through. And going back to that quote of it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. It's just like, yeah, take the pressure off of yourself. It's, you know, th there's just not any reason to drive yourself into the ground for anything, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And yeah. one of the things you're just reminding me, and I, I think I have to add it to this chapter that one of the things I told my Reiki mentors is you're bringing form to the formless. Mm -hmm. that takes time like yeah you're bringing in a whole new energy you're allowing it to take form and be gentle with yourself I guess I did talk about that but be gentle with yourself as you do yeah, yeah. that's I guess another little tip that I'm working with a mentor group as well right now and one of the first little tips that I gave them was that I do understand how in some cases there's this urgency to really get this business started and everything, but not to forget the self in that. And I, I can say that in my own personal experience, I have 
scheduled myself to the point of being far over scheduled. And what I've learned actually during this pandemic is that I need to make more time for myself because if I'm going to really help people, I need to be in balance and all of that. So that looked like for me that I needed to take Mondays off, for example. And I needed to create more time in my schedule to not be working all the time. And so you know, I guess like I often try to, as our parents would do to us, they wanted us to learn from their mistakes and do life better <laughs> than they did. And so I try to impart that wisdom on my students as well. <laughs> I'm saying that to my students. I'm like, it took me four years to learn this, but I think I can explain it to you. Just listen to me. Although I think sometimes, though I'm not a, a biological parent, I think it's, oh, who are they to, I'm not going to listen to them. <laughs> like, I'll do it my way. Not as I do. <laughs> I love that. Oh, my gosh. Well, Cammie, you had a great story about, we were talking just a bit before we started recording, and you had a great story about the section in, in Chapter 2 where we talk about creating an elevator pitch. And I wonder if you can share that and just share how you would do that with, with your students. Yeah, just with different wording, I call it create your script. So create your script about Reiki because so often we uh, will stand in front of someone, my own self even, today this happens on occasion, where someone will ask me what Reiki is and I'll be like I, the, the deer in the headlights. <laughs> and sometimes it's not always so easy to say, let me show you. Like you've actually got to be able to, you know, speak and speak eloquently. <laughs> in order to talk to someone. And so this part of creating your script really came in for me. And, and what stemmed that was, actually was my second Reiki class ever. One of my students was taking the class and she took Reiki one and two, or take, took Reiki one, and then we were continuing on to Reiki two the next day. And she had gone out with her family for dinner and they were at a place where there were many of her friends and that sort of thing there. And she was very excited and talking. People had asked, what are you doing this weekend? And she says, oh, I'm taking a Reiki training. And they were asking her what it was. Naturally, she's only been through one day of class. And it's really hard at that point to articulate what Reiki is. And uh, a lot of the people were on the more conservative side and really talk to her about well are you sh what are you doing <laughs> is this really yeah they're like oh i don't know about this and so she actually came to class the next day and she said i i don't think that reiki's for me i don't think wow. i can take this class interestingly i had traveled to teach that class and i was teaching in her studio so i used to teach reiki in yoga studios and so there i was teaching in her studio and i said i do understand if um you're not going to continue this class certainly reiki honors free will and uh, i said I do need to finish this class for the other students that signed up for this and she said yes that's fine and 
in that moment of being a new teacher and all of the things like in my mind is just pounding what am i supposed to do here and i'm asking reiki and i was guided to go back to the first chapter and we had covered that in day one but we had lightly covered it and so where i was guided to was that we actually went back to the first chapter in the healing touch book and we just read it word for word like we literally round robin read it decided to stay for that or what's that sorry decided to stay for that yeah she did she did she said she would stay until lunch but she wasn't sure that she wanted to do the attunement and um so we round robin taught uh or talked our way through the whole uh, first chapter. And uh, afterwards, I said we were getting close to lunch break. And I said, why don't you because there was a a little bit deeper into the story, there was a concern about her religion and combining with her practice and that sort of thing. And I said, why don't you go uh, on lunch break and do some research and see what you can find about your specific religion and Reiki, because I, I bet that there are other practitioners from that uh, that religion that practice. But I didn't have any specific experience with that particular thing. So she went on her lunch break. She actually found some support groups of people that practice Reiki in her religion. Wow. And she came back and she's like, I'm ready to do this. Let's go. And she, so she did come in and she had the Reiki 2 attunement and then eventually she, she took master training and she's very happy Reiki practitioner. But yeah, it was really quite the moment. So that really led me to, like, we have to create a script for us to be able to explain what Reiki is in those times when we feel intimidated maybe by someone that might be questioning because of religion or questioning because of thought forms or belief systems or whatever. And so I created a, a little card. I should have grabbed it. But anyway, I created a little card about what is Reiki and it has all the information and it has my contact information on it as well. So it's a nice little promotional tool. And so in those cases, when someone asks me, I, I can say, oh, here's this look at this and then I can also look at it myself if I'm feeling that moment of anxiety about whoever I'm talking to or maybe my mind is just going blank and I can oh yes okay Reiki is a, a technique that helps us re reduce our stress and reduce our pain and all of those different things and I can go more into my script versus having to just recall a something that I've memorized because in those moments of you feeling a bit diminished or something like that, the memory is just not going to serve you most likely. <laughs> yeah. That's wonderful. And it's okay to change your language. Yeah. Who you're talking with. I'll, I notice if I'm talking with medical professionals, I'll say, Reiki is a Japanese form of stress reduction that has been shown to promote healing. And I'll maybe start talking about some of the research and some, because there's a lot of research and a lot of, or I'll maybe talk about some of the hospitals that teach Reiki in their hospitals and that offer Reiki programs within the hospitals. 
But if I'm talking to a more spiritual group, I'll talk about how Reiki is spiritually guided life force energy that works with every religion and that provides guidance and helps us toward enlightenment. Because we've also known that or seen that Reiki actually goes together with every religion. And uh, you were mentioning that I just had somebody in a class who's, oh my gosh, I'm Roman Catholic. I don't know. And I said, let's do, let's just look. And I went right on the Reiki.org website and there are a whole bunch of articles about Roman Catholics who practice Reiki and how wonderful it is and, and that sort of thing. And it made her feel a lot better. But it is such a big step when people are stepping into their Reiki journey that sometimes they do question it or step back. I've noticed that happen a lot. Yeah. What, yeah, what are some of the descriptions that, that, that you use or how do you teach people to do their elevator pitch? And then we'll bring people through getting their own together today. Yeah, I feel really called to say this right now. While we didn't necessarily talk about Reiki and religion, I think it's important just to say that Reiki does not have a dogma and it doesn't, there's, it's a spiritual practice, but it's not associated with any specific religion. So anyone that might be listening or watching later and are, are now hearing this conversation about religion, I think it's just helpful to, to remember to say that. The guides are telling me to say that. <laughs> you just you just finished my thought. I started to explain it and I went off in a in a, uh, another direction. But yeah, yeah. But I'll explain that it doesn't go with it, that it goes with every religion, that it that yeah. it works together with every religion. And yeah, I, I really will uh sometimes change what I say about Reiki depending on who I'm talking with. And of course, if I'm talking to an animal lover, I'll actually talk a little bit about animal Reiki. Yeah. And um what we noticed about that and yes thank you Cami for finishing yeah. the, the, the the thought that I started and didn't finish yeah yeah uh, on a similar level now uh, that I'm more of a practiced practitioner I also have different ways of you you just have a knowing of who you're talking to and what you're going to pre present as far as maybe it's going to be more on the the spiritual or esoteric side, or maybe it's going to be more on the scientific side and that kind of thing. And I can go into talking about that. So getting back to your question about how I help my students go into their finding their elevator speech, in the back of the Reiki 1 and 2 manual, there's that short description of Reiki. Um, and I always say, start with that. And then I also take in the master manual, there is the what is Holy Fire Reiki. And I say, take pieces and parts of that. And like you can plug and play these different things into your your script. And then put in also what does Reiki, what is Reiki for you? And you can kind of, it's a bit of a process to like really put it all together. But once you have a script, you have like the first little part, what is Reiki, the short description, and then a little bit more about specifically Holy Fire Reiki, and then a little bit more about what it is to you. And then you've got yourself a nice script. And then the next thing to remember is it can change. 
as time goes on and you learn more about Reiki and more about yourself, be open to the knowing that might shift a bit and you may not have to rely as much on the specific wordage that is said in the manual or whatever the case is. Maybe you'll rewrite it to your own knowing and understanding and that type of thing. I love that. And the important thing is to have it in something that's two or three sentences. And and if you also have a business, to be able to describe your business in that way. You can choose today whether you feel that you need to have a way to explain to people what Reiki is, or if you're already leaning toward a business and you've got something in mind, then go ahead and focus the exercise that we're going to do on the business. And I'm just wondering, Cami, if I should grab the level one and two manual. Sure, yeah. I actually don't have one here with me, but I it's towards the back of the manual. <laughs> oh, I have a, the digital manual here, but it would be in the second part of the Thriving Reiki Practice towards the end of that particular uh, article that William wrote. Yes, that's a good um, article. There is the short description of Reiki. I'll have to, I'll, I will. <laughs> I think I can pull it up really quickly. Really? That'd be great, because I'm just um, not sure where. Uh, yeah. Where um, is, but I'm not opening to it now. Yeah, I. It, it's so funny. Pam and I, we used to talk about when we would take Colleen's classes, how she would teach without looking at the manual. And now here we are, we're both teaching without looking at the manual. And in some cases, I can almost tell the person the exact page number without even looking at the manual. (laughs) We did our first class with Colleen. We did that together. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. We looked at each other and we're like, how did she? She didn't even look at the manual. I know. (laughs) And then before we knew it, we were teaching the same way. (laughs) (laughs) It's really quite amazing. Oh, let's see. Oh, here it is right here. So it's on page 111. Uh I was was almost there. Short explanation of Reiki, and it says uh, Reiki is a Japanese technique for relaxation that also promotes healing. It is done through touch. A warm and soothing energy flows through the hands into the client, promoting relaxation and releasing tension. So that is an excellent elevator speech. That is an excellent piece of your script. If you can memorize that, great. However, I have tried to memorize that. I feel like I have it memorized, but again, in some time, in some cases, I just even still get that point of, I don't know. So like I said, having it written down and having something to give to someone makes it so much easier to take that pressure off in those times when you don't remember. Thank you. Yeah. Guys, we're going to lead you in a little bit of an experience today. And like all of the experiences so far with um, the Reiki business book, if you've been, I guess, following us last month or last week and, and next week, it'll be the same. If you don't already, grab yourself some paper and a pen, because that's the way that we're going to go through this one today. 
And we'd like to help you make an elevator pitch so that if somebody asks you, what do you do? You'll have a ready reply. So if you wanna put us on pause and go grab that, that's fine. And when you come back, I'm just gonna invite you to bring your hands into Gasho, activating your Reiki energy and your symbols. And then place your Reiki hands on your sacral chakra, just below the belly button to activate your creativity. We'll spend a few moments here. And now bring a hand or both to your third eye to activate your intuition. Finally, bring your hands to your throat chakra to activate your authentic voice. And spend as long as you need on each chakra until you feel that they're balanced and empowered. And now place your hands comfortably wherever you feel guided as you ask the Reiki energy to help you create your pitch to people in a language that they can understand. You might even decide to create a few of these elevator pitches for different audiences. It's completely appropriate to speak about Reiki using different language for different audiences. Mrs. Takata had to do this after Pearl Harbor. She even painted over her sign for Reiki and began calling it shortwave therapy. So we know that it's okay to talk to each audience in the language they understand. Now take a moment to invite the Reiki energy to show you who your different audiences are. And if you were with us in last week's podcast and you have a sentence created that is around your life purpose and your path with Reiki, please feel free to incorporate that into what we're doing today. Understanding that we're just going to start, but we will fine tune this sentence and our definition of what we do and what Reiki is. We will continue fine tuning it so that it is simple, succinct and interesting. Something that will grab people's attention and cause them to want to learn more something to help initiate a conversation about what you do. Something you may want to use in your marketing material. Something that allows you to quickly and efficiently in a few sentences accurately describe Reiki or your business or what you do. Now go ahead and Use automatic writing. 
And write a sentence that describes what Reiki is. To you. And does it need to be perfect? Go ahead and just let it flow. Does it need to have punctuation? And if that sentence feels mostly complete, go ahead and take a moment to describe what Reiki has done for you or what it means to you or what you mean to Reiki. Now take a moment and just allow this to flow from you. If you have an intention to work with Reiki, go ahead and create a sentence that describes how you will do that. It describes your business or how you work with Reiki. When this feels complete, I invite you to come back, knowing that you can continue to refine and define these until they feel exactly right to you, until the words feel like your words and they feel like they will flow for you. I found myself doing that exercise along with you and it was very interesting. What I came up with is Reiki is a Japanese form of stress reduction that often promotes healing. I discovered it years ago when I had a health issue that medical professionals could not understand or figure out. And it helped me immensely. Now I teach it and offer Reiki sessions for people and animals. And that becomes my elevator pitch that I can base everything else off of. I thought I noticed you doing it, Cammie. Do you, can you yes. share what you came up with? I was typing here because I didn't have a notebook with me, but not quite as yours is, but of course we're individuals, so that's okay. That's what it's supposed to be. <laughs> I wrote, Reiki is love, warmth and joy. Reiki is life. Reiki has healed me and helped other, others heal. Reiki sees me as a divine light and channel to deliver its energy. Reiki is grateful for me. Reiki is my umbrella. It is my shelter. Reiki is my life. Wow. That is beautiful. <laughs> that like, is making me cry. <laughs> I'm going to put 
the book as a quote from you because that's yeah. just gorgeous. Thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Tammy, I want to thank you so much for thank being you. here with us today. And I want to thank the viewers and the listeners who joined us. Thank you for just being willing to yeah. spread the light of Reiki in the world. That is the first step. And we all started somewhere. And even if you're a little bit further along in the journey, I expect we probably still touched on a few things that were useful or helpful to you and maybe had you chuckling as you reminisced. I certainly, I, I chuckled when Cami said that she had, has trained lawyers because I was like, oh, me too. That's the story in chapter one, which of course Cami hasn't seen. <laughs> yes. It's about the, the lawyers that I trained. So thank you so much for all of you and for you, Cami, and just look forward to seeing you next week when we will be talking about removing the obstacles for you so that you can begin to practice in whatever way that looks for you. And it may just be feeling comfortable talking to people about Reiki, or it may be setting up a full-fledged practice with a website and uh, sessions and classes wherever you are on that spectrum we hope you'll join us so that we can have a look at some of the obstacles and how to remove them for you namaste mm -hmm. namaste thank you thank Dan. you mm -hmm. <laughs>